Welcome to I Love My Club By with me, your host, Seamus Barry, the podcast that gives you the insight into our local games of hurling and camogie. Join us as we take a look at some of the characters around the county on I Love My Club By. And only Brianna O'Regan, she's from De La Salle. She's currently a member of the Waterford Senior Hurling Camogie team. Uh, she also Brie has been a, an SNA in St. Stephen's Primary School for the last number of years. She plays on goal. Her nickname is Brie, short for Brianna. Um, she's also been a member of a couple of different Waterford teams over the years. And quite funnily, I've just seen, uh, I asked her for an introduction. She represented um, Ireland in basketball in the World Student Games in, in France in 2015. She's also been a member of a football team with Aaron Zone, who captured Junior Intermediate County Championships 29-2020. And of course, she's also a senior Munster Pock Fado winner in 2018-2019. Quite the resume, Brianna. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, Jesus, I try to keep myself occupied anyway. Uh, keep myself going. <laughs> it's It certainly looks like that, uh, let alone if you were to send in a CV, say, for example, for a job. But in terms of a sport and CV, that's a fairly packed one. And you're quite young as well, if you don't mind me asking. What age at the moment? Yeah, I'm only 23. I was 16 when we won the Intermediate at Waterford. Yeah, I was quite young then. <laughs> it, it's, it's mad in, in, in that sense, because I suppose with the, the men's game, the hurling, you can't play until you're actually 18 or older. Whereas with the camogie, you can, you can start playing adult hurling at quite a younger age. So I suppose that's why you've accomplished so much already. Yeah, um, we're lucky kind of to start at a younger age, but at the, the game is getting so physical now, whereas like you kind of need to be wanting to like not be in the gym the whole time, but at a younger age trying to get that baseline of kind of your S&C kind of done so you're able to play at that young age. I suppose that there is a fine line between when do you start development, you know, if you're 14, 15, 16. Um, I suppose there's a lot of studies out there at the moment on it. And do you, can I ask you, do you enjoy the, the strength and conditioning side? Is that something, obviously you're a goalkeeper, so, you know, being agile and you're looking at strength on your puck outs and stuff like that. Is strength and conditioning something that you personally enjoy? Yeah, I actually really enjoy because like it will get your kind of your shoulders strengthened for a puck out and if someone's coming in on goal you're well able to stand your ground but a few years ago I gave away a penalty and I got sent off I was banned for three matches so that's kind of the other side of it <laughs> Jesus it must have been pretty bad if you got three matches um, it looked bad didn't it look now <laughs> yeah I was I was only literally speaking to Peter Creeley about this last week on episode four that's like a lot of times when people watch Hurling or Camogie they're like Jesus that's scandalous what happened and irrespective of actually being a player you're like no they barely touched her they are barely touching that's that's not a free like you know yeah and I was last person back as well kind of she, she kind of leaned in to kind of get the free get the penalty and just kind of we'll, we'll, so we'll, it's a forward it's forwards game we'll, we'll pass the blame off there I agree with you it is a forwards game it is a forwards <laughs> game um look I suppose from your introduction you're currently a member of the, the Waterford uh camogie team uh, how long have you been playing for Waterford now um, 2015 since I'm 16, so how many years is that? Seven. Seven, seven years on the road. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you find obviously so seven years is a long enough period? Do you find adult? Now, yeah. Yeah, adult. Do you do you find that? You know, we hear so much talk about player burnout nowadays between clubs and colleges and intercounty. Do you find you get a moment to breathe at all? Um, not really, but like when you're in it and enjoying it, kind of. It's a different kettle of fish. But yeah, no, I agree with Player Barnett. You kind of have to have that fine line. Um, 
but no, we're look, lucky to have like good management with county and club. So we kind of, they have a fine line of when not to train and kind of knowing yourself really like as a player, like when not to train and when you need to approach management kind of, that's where you need to kind of step up and be the person to kind of just go about it. I think that that's a really key point and it's something that I suppose in years gone by in all sports, not just hurling or camogie, it's mm. always a case of, you know, if you had an injury, oh, play on, you know, we need you in the next score. And But I think nowadays there's much more awareness around, I suppose, player welfare in that sense, which is obviously brilliant, you know, but it does take a, a bigger person or a stronger person to put the hand up and say, no, I'm not 100% here now. And probably most of the times you're probably, you'd almost do a disservice to the team. Yeah, um, I hurt my back there last May. We were, um, we were doing stuff in the gym and kind of I probably didn't warm up properly, but I don't know what it, I didn't kind of little twinge or something. Um, but I got the MRI there a few weeks ago, everything came back all clear, just kind of tissue damage and stuff. But even county and club management, um, they really looked after me, even with club when we went back with club and we won the county semi and we went on to the county final and they're like. I was well able to like get physio on my back and stuff. So I was A1 then for the county final. Did you have um, do you have much downtime after you hurt your back in May? Um, I did for a few weeks, but kind of I went back into it then because we had the All-Ireland quarter final at Waterford. So kind of it's not, not like I didn't really have much downtime. Yeah. And like, is that the longest period you've been out with an injury or have you been out longer before that? No, that was the longest, yeah. Uh, like I'm interested to see um, because anyone that knows me I suppose personally would know everyone says I've been injured most of my life but it's only seemed to happen in, in later years you know I've had two knee surgeries I've broken my shoulder um, a fractured dislocated my right shoulder literally September just gone and I'm always interested to see how people deal with you know being so active and playing sport and being in a team situation then just taken out of it yeah no it's difficult because like I, when I took them like a few weeks off and I was kind of coming and going from training and then stepping out of drills and stuff but then I really needed to kind of get nip it on the bud um but yeah no I'm kind of just living with it now and just kind of doing a few yoga stretches and yoga is really helping me and I've breathing techniques as well so it's a, it's it's amazing you know it's little things and like don't take this the wrong way you're not older than he said so I, I'm a lot older but like I've even found now, say in the last year or so, and uh, of course credit to Tomas Power who has his yoga studio in, in Six Crossroads. I know a couple of lads that play with Passage that have even been in with Tomas. And again, you said breathing techniques, you know, meditation, mindfulness. They make a massive difference. They're so underrated, I think, in sports in general. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, I feel like you need to do that. Like you have so much going on, like going, being training, going to work and, like whatever's going on in your personal life you just sometimes even 10 five minutes throughout the day just kind of sit down and throw on the mindfulness app and just kind of take it from there and like with that you know like you're going in obviously you're involved with Waterford your own club as well De La Salle you're going into a big game okay you wake up in the morning talk me through it are you are you a nervous type of character would you be anxious or was it a just case of just get on with it when I was younger, I was kind of like, oh, get on with it. But like, since I'm getting getting older now, I'm like, oh, I'm really nervous. But it like nerves are good, so I kind of thrive off them. Um, but no, sometimes they can get in on top of me, and then I need to just refocus. Like right, Brianna, you're in a game now. Just kind of, it's that first ball that I need to come in and just deal with it right, and then I'm fine. 
if that wound had always settled you, I suppose, especially for yeah, the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it's you know, it, it's interesting because as you say, when you're younger, and I always found that as well, like you know, you'd have nerves, and nerves are a good thing, and this is always kind of mixed signals within sport. Nerves obviously means it means something to you, which is good. You know, it's better yeah. for you to be going out saying this is important rather than going, Ash, it doesn't matter today, like you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, we kind of it's always trying to find that positive rather than a negative and just kind of drive off it, as I said. Um, but yeah, no, it's great to have like good people around you as well, just kind of pushing you on and egging you on, just kind of realizing that you're you're starting, so you just need to just get in the zone. And on, on that, are you a positive person? Because you said people around you you've mentioned you've mentioned meditation you mentioned mindfulness are you a positive person in general um i'm not really like i wasn't here like when i was younger but yeah kind of now i kind of have to try to have a positive outlook on life just kind of just kind of keep going and just everything yeah and like you know you say when you were younger did you struggle with confidence or like you know was it a case of you weren't very positive or did you not enjoy your teenage years in a sense? Uh, well, my sister and my mother and father passed away in 26 um, in a house fire. So kind of just oh, having all that, like kind of just creeping in. So it's just kind of just keeping going with, you and, know what I mean? Yeah. And like, obviously, you, you know, talking about subjects like that, they, they are very personal and they're very, they bring up a lot of memories and, you know, something like that can obviously cause a lot of things, but it's great to have like an outlet like sport where you can, not, and don't get me wrong no matter what loss it is you never get over it in the sense you learn to kind of deal with it as you get older but I suppose sport kind of gives you an outlet to enjoy other things and have a different perspective on life oh absolutely and if it wasn't for Camogie God only knows what path route I would have taken but no like Camogie kind of just saved me in a, in a dark place and I needed to just not get out but I just needed to just have that outlook in life and just yeah, that's really it. So I, I asked you previously, were you a positive person? You were a bit unsure. I would say you're a positive person just based on that story you've just given us uh, an insight to there. You, like that's a, I don't want to, to harp on about, that's a major event that happened in your life and you're speaking about it in a, in a positive manner. Like, Yeah, actually, look, it's, it'll be 16 years now in June and we came in, myself and my two brothers came in to live with my grandparents and my aunt as well. She's very good. But yeah, no, like you kind of have to learn how to deal with it and just get on with it and just kind of know like it did happen, but you'll obviously have bad days and good days, but kind of life doesn't stop for you, if you get me, you just kind of have to like just keep pushing on. And it, it's interesting to hear you say that you, you moved in with your grandparents. So I, I was raised by my um, my own grandmother in Passage and there's something, there's something special about being raised by, by your grandparents. Um, obviously you can relate to it. Oh, they're 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 one of a kind. They're gems. They give you if you go to one and they say no if you want something, and then you go to the other, they give it to you. No bother. <laughs> you know how to play the system. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's um yeah because like obviously, and I suppose as well what you probably do have then is you have a lot of old kind of fashioned values. Yeah, um, really do like a kind of if kind of even looking at Granddad where he does things and just like. I'd be listening to stories and I'm like, oh, that's different to nowadays and stuff. But even like when you're going off telling girls, like go out and tell the girls, oh, this happened and granddad told me this. And they're like, oh, yeah, my nan or granddad would tell me that as well. Just kind of having them like, you know, kind of traits and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. 
and it's 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 really important. And I suppose in GAA, all aspects of GAA, it's very prevalent. You know, you, you might hear like my mom. Uh, my mom played for um, Galtier and she played for Waterford. There's a big tradition of uh, camogie in my family and hurling indeed. And like my mom does be telling me about you know county finals or playing for Waterford, and my auntie would speak about it as well. And you get a, an inkling into the past of what it was like. And there'd be times where you say, geez, I would have loved to be around for that. Or Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, sure. My grandfather and my brother were up the back and we'd always play a few games and stuff and we'd be tackling. There was probably blood, sweat and tears in them as well. Um, so, yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Well, that's that's definitely allowed. I think that's uh, Tommy Welch ref- referenced it um, recently. Um, his brother made his debut for Kenny a couple of years back, Fordrick Welch. And uh, yeah. he was doing commentary on the National League and he said, uh, there was many days I gave Podrick a bait out in the backyard. He said, it's there he is nowadays. So we, we won't hold a grudge against that. Um, no. Currently Waterford. So you're currently in the league status at the moment, correct? Yeah. 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 How's, that, how's that going at the moment? Good now. We're having, after playing two matches, after having two wins. So thankfully we're heading in the right direction. And of course, uh, the... The championship itself. Championship's going to start around May, June. I think it's the end of May. Um, I think Munster Championship is in April sometime. I don't know. It's kind of pushed forward this year now. We'll finish at the end of July, I think. If is I'm it, correct. Is that the kind of the same calendar as what the, the men's game is going down then? I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then with that, of course, to any of our listeners, and I've said this before, I I, I spoke to um Claude Carroll from Galtier previously and it's something I really want to get out there is as many people as possible to go watch the local Camogie games you know um, it's brilliant now that Bio Sport of course is streaming more games so we get more access to games if we can't travel but there's this thing of that the Camogie game you know in terms of speed and, and strength and different things is not the same as men's and I think they're two completely different sports the skills are exactly the same don't get me wrong but I think more and more, not just men, but women in our local area, everyone in GA Club should get out more to watch the games. Would you like to see more of a following with Camogie in Waterford? Oh, absolutely. And it, even it will promote the game a lot more. And just when we played the county final there, I saw a lot more men and boys there than like some girls and women. Um, but that's even promoting it as well. And I think Camogie is heading in the right direction um, with kind of the skills and the hand pass um, and dropping the hurley hand pass goal and dropping the hurley that's gone so I think Camogie is heading in the right direction and I think just the GA needs to just congregate now and just kind of bring it that one step further as well exactly I think get behind and I'm going to ask you something and I want your opinion on this and you, you know like years ago um, say if you were going down to the Munster final right say Watford playing Cork you'd have a minor match or you'd have um, an intermediate match or whatever to be a game on beforehand and usually, depending on the time the game was on, you'd have a good enough crowd. If the GA were to say, right, minor championship will be only played on certain days and so, so on and so forth, why not have a, a women's senior intermediate game running with the men's game the same day, a double header? You could, you could be talking 20,000, 30,000 people. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, we played um, two years ago, I think, when Fergal and Dan were involved. We played up in Cork and Park Grieve, and we played before the men's game. And like we got a nice enough crowd there, and then there was people coming in, and they were watching the camogie as well. So it's even promoting it in that sense. It's kind of, it's getting us like more confident as well, and it's make like, it's pushing us on to be better and stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's more recognition and like that. 
like you said, for example, say if someone was going down to watch the men's game and they went in a half an hour early and they seen a second yeah. half a year game, they're like, geez, I'll actually go to the next game. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, that's it. Like, because so, some people, like, when they think of women's sport, they just don't think of, like, you know, kind of physicality and skill and all that. And I think nowadays, I think it's kind of not the same as men, but it's kind of heading in that direction, physicality, even like the strength of like a puck of the ball is a lot more like longer than it was a few years ago. Yeah. And I suppose like the, the two players I think of when you say that straight away, one is Bet Carrot, like Bet has a serious strike on a ball. And then even like from a personal level, Aoife Fitzgerald, like Aoife had banging a ball over from 70, 80 yards from a free like. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Most men struggle to do that, let alone like a, a, a women in a camogie. But I, t- I, t- I agree with you. The more the kind of, with the hand pass rule gone now, and also the drop of the hurley, it kind of just cleans the game up. It makes it faster. Um, and also then, because you can't hand pass, you obviously, probably you won't, you won't be too happy, but finishers are going to have to get better. They're going to have to be cuter, smarter. You can't just, uh, just hand pass the ball anymore. You're going to have to finish properly. Yeah, no, exactly. And it doesn't make me look like a clown as well. And if a hand pass ball goes in the back of the net, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. <laughs> it's not, like, as, as a goalkeeper, I, I played on goal underage a bit and um, my uncle would have played on goal for Waterford. And I suppose anyone in my family is kind of stuck on goal because he played on goal. But if someone hand passes the ball, I, I find the same if someone kicks it. There's not a lot you can do because it could go absolutely anywhere. That's it. All you can do is try and make yourself as big as you possibly can and just even just try take him down in a like not a fouling sense but in, I was in a say, nice I, way I, I didn't want to reference your red card we'll leave that we'll leave that <laughs> subject off um the the, one, the point i made earlier about the world shooting games in france 2015 was that a school level yeah yeah it was school yeah i played oh. with basketball wildcats as well so but the i representing ireland was with school and like what, what what was that like putting on the green jersey or the green bib going out and representing ireland Oh, it was phenomenal. It's just not, not many people get to do that. Like, and you're representing your school as well and on an international stage. So it was it was a great experience. I'll, I'll ask you one question. Putting on that jersey, representing your country, or Crow Park? Which one? Crow Park. Yeah, Crow I, Park. I, I had a feeling that. Uh, what, like, I ask a lot of people that come on the podcast, obviously we're, we're in season one and we're in the early stages of it. What is it like running out on Crow Park? Phenomenal. I did it twice when we were with De La Salle under 14 in Fela uh, and then with Waterford 2015. Um, it's like it's just that feeling just never gets old. The butterflies in your stomach and just it's phenomenal. It's, like words can't kind of explain running out onto the pitch like it's it's a dream. And with, with that is when you get to Crow Park obviously with the the women's team has been very successful in the last number of years, the award for Camogie. And when you get there, is it a sense that you've made it when you're at Crow Park? Like that's the pinnacle of the GAA. Now, I would argue Turles is better than Crow Park, but that's just more traditionalist thing. But like when you get to Crow Park and you're playing and you know, do you feel yourself, I, I'm actually, I'm here, I'm on the big stage, I've made it? Yeah, it's not so much like we've made it. It's kind of like we're here now. We're here on merit, if you get me. Um, but when you cr- cross that white line, that's when you kind of have to just set down your marker and make sure that you get over the line. And that's when you made it. Yeah. And what's, what's a typical... So say we're going into a match this Saturday and uh, 
Like, what's your routine? Do you get up early? Do you stay in bed for a while? What do you eat? Do you stretch? Well, what's what's an insight into Brianna's pre-match routine? <laughs> um, sometimes I'd get up early now, and lot of people don't know this, but I'd usually go out to the grave and just kind of just kind of chill out and just kind of talk to them. Um, but usually that's on a good day. On a bad day, I'd probably just get up and just kind of listen to a few music and put her around and have my gear bag ready the night before and just kind of just chill out and have my porridge. So part par, I was going to say, so porridge. Uh, at, yeah. At, at, in the porridge, are you doing the overnight oats craze at the moment, no? Um, Beck Hartner gave me a lovely recipe. It's lovely. <laughs> um, overnight oats, but no, I don't do overnight oats on match days. I just do porridge and few berries and a little square of dark chocolate. And uh, would you would you be in the kitchen a lot now? Would you do a lot of food prep? Obviously, given you're very active, you're playing for Waterford, would you be uh, prevalent in the kitchen? Or are you someone who's just like, no, I'd rather not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I live in the kitchen. <laughs> when uh, my grandmother would be giving out to me, she'd always like, wash it. Don't forget to wash up now. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your go-to dish? Oh, I love um, turkey burgers, rice and broccoli. Unreal. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Straight away, I'm thinking that is the most blandest thing I've ever heard in my life. Do you have any snow? Turkey burgers are amazing. I, I agree with you. Unreal. Gorgeous. Do you have any sauce with it? No. No, no, not really. I'm not a sort of really sauce person, but no, I just kind of, I'm a bland person. Hey, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Everyone, everyone's entitled to enjoy what they enjoy. Um, yeah, no, turkey burgers have taken off the last couple of years. I absolutely love them as well. They're, uh, they're gorgeous. Who, who would have thought it? You're on a podcast talking about hurling and mental health. And we are discussing turkey burgers. Turkey burgers, yeah. That's the joys of I love my club by. It's just this, <laughs> we're looking to get an insight into, you know, because especially with the, the female players, we, we don't, not that there's not a profile, but I spoke to you off air. I find it very hard to get female guests to come on and I'm trying to balance it out. You know, I've had two males so far and you're obviously my second female. Um, I'm hoping to have Neve Rocket for the next one, but why do you think it is that, not that obviously they don't want to come on this show, but just in general, that is it more of a case they just want to put their head down and play the game? Whereas the men's side, it seems to be very much that they all do have a profile and they're very involved in social media and kind of podcasting and interviews. Um, That's kind of a tough question now. I think it's down to kind of just kind of confidence and just kind of talking out there and just kind of letting yourself flow. Um because some some girls kind of are just immune to just chatting and just keep on talking and never stop um but yeah no it's probably down to the confidence just having that like skill kind of just to be able to talk and just not not so much skill but just being able to just kind of hold a conversation and just kind of keep going with it natural ability i suppose yeah Um, yeah and like for me, the, the more we the more we get uh, female guests on, and the more we speak about Camogie in the same light as Harlan, the more we're going to generate more and more publicity about it. We get more people to games and awareness, and you know, like I want to thank you for for coming on the show, of course, because it's just going to promote the game. But the question I'll ask you is, you know, I would like to think there might be a little boy or a little girl that we listen to these podcasts, and they say, oh, you know, that's Peter Queeley or that's Shawnee Barry, you know, that's Brina Regan or this is Neve Rocket. I want to be them in a molar. Did you ever want to be, was it always Camogie you wanted to do or how did that happen? Um, Yeah, always Camogie. I've been brought up playing hurling out the back or whatever you want to call it and just kind of been brought up kind of in, in a hurling family. 
Yep. So and like, was there anyone would it, would you have watched? I suppose that's another topic. Was was women's camogie prevalent when you were young, or would you more just watched hurling? More so hurling, um, but when I got older, probably camogie kind of. I kind of looked up to Brenda Cummins and Mike Snarcy, who plays for Wexford. Um, mad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they're the two that I used to look up to. I gave I gave a question. I put a question to to Shawnee Barry, who's obviously in the the same club as you, goalkeepers club. Um, are all goalkeepers mad? Yeah, you'd have to be. <laughs> I don't come across as mad, but when I'm on the goal, I'm a different kettle of fish. You don't. You're, you're quite reserved. And that's why I asked you, are all goalkeepers mad? Because like when I done the interview with Shawnee, Shawnee knows this. Shawnee couldn't sit still. You know, he, he was bouncing around the place. Um, and I know quite a few goalkeepers, of course. I've referenced my own club mate, Eddie Lynch, before. You know, Eddie's mad as a hatter. He's a farmer. He has to be. But um, <laughs> like, you're, you're very reserved. And I would say probably... Are you someone who not opens up necessarily easily, but would you be quite reserved in general? Yeah, I kind of, sometimes I just kind of keep to myself. Um, if I have a thought and I don't think it's right to say, I'll hold back and not say it. Um, but yeah, no, I just, some if I, if I know I'm not, if I know I need to say something, I'll put myself out there and say it. Yeah, I think there's a famous quote now. I can't remember off the top of my head it is. Unless you have something good to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good mantra to live by. Um, this year with De La Salle, what's the, what's the goal? What would what, what be success for De La Salle this year? I suppose getting back to the county final and just kind of regrouping and focusing on trying to get back to knockout stages. And uh, I, I watched the game. I watched the final last year. Very close. It was very, very thrilling game. Um, you know, it kind of came right down to it at the end. Could have went either way. Um, I suppose you have to give credit to Galtier over the last couple of years. You see it in the men's game. You know, Ballygunner have won eight in a row. Galtier now, I think it's three or four county-wise in a row. Um, you know, obviously, they have a target on their back. You want to knock them off it. I think, and there's no disrespect to any any clubs, including De La Salle over the last couple of years, I think Galtier were a little bit ahead, but I think they've definitely been reeled in now. I think the Waterford Championship is really competitive at the moment. Um, and I think this year, I'd say probably looking at it from the outset, it is yourselves and Galtier who would go down as the, the favourites from the outset. Do you feel that way? Do you feel as if you are in a position where you can kick on now and capture a county title? Like, as you said there, Galtier are after winning four county title, titles in a row. Um but they have to be dominant now the last few years and they have the players for it and they're a phenomenal side. Um, but look, we need to just try get refocused again, which is hard because I'm after watching that county final back about 20 times, see what went right and what went wrong. And it, it took me ages now to get over it. Um, I won't lie. Genuinely, a good two months. Um, I just It just wouldn't settle with me. But yeah, no, I just hope now that we just kind of regroup and refocus and getting back to the county final. That's that's my aim anyway, and I, I'm sure it's the girls' aim as well. Do you, do you take it personal? You said you could, it wouldn't sit with you for two months. Uh, like I know, say, when I was playing, when playing and stuff, and I used to take freeze, and if I miss a free, I'd let it. Say if you got bit by a pint or, you know, we drew a match and we needed to win, I'd let it get to me ahead or get to me badly. With your position, you're under a microscope all the time, <clears> telescope, however you want to look at it. Do you personally put yourself down after a game or do you try to move on with it as quickly as possible? 
it depends on kind of what situation it is. Um, uh, like if you leave a goal in and it costs you the game, um, for a puck that went wrong, you can kind of fix it. Um, but yeah, no, I just kind of, I'd kind of dwell on it now for a while. It's because we were so close, but yet so far. Um, I give, I give yourself a bit of advice, and not that you need it. And I give any other sports person, any youngster listening, the great piece of advice I got years ago from a manager from Kilkenny. And he said to me, one action never determines the outcome of a game. Yeah, it's very true. I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, people yeah. say, oh, you know, Brianna got a pint in the last minute to win the county final. There was 17 scores before that pint. That pint is not the, 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 the winning of the goal. game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, think, yeah, I think especially in your position that that's a very good piece of advice because mm. if you let in a goal and you get bet by three points, did you miss six points in the first half? Did you miss two goals yourself? There's all these things, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we just have no control over it. And that's, I'd say that's probably the most disheartening thing. I know personally for me it is when you probably feel you've tried everything and it just doesn't go your way. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of have to, like, if you leave in a goal, it's kind of, I've learned now to just reset and refocus and just kind of try good puck out and get on with it and just just forget about it. It's all about the next ball. Next ball yeah. I suppose it's yeah. the biggest mantra in hurling, next ball, next ball. Yeah. Um, there is a, a few different things that obviously I'm trying to raise awareness with and we've, we've touched a little bit about mental health. Um, You said there, like, that you would try to get on with it and move on. Within your own setup, because obviously you're, you're an inter-county player and you have your club scene as well, do you think there's enough done for player welfare within Camogie? Because obviously I would be aware of what goes on on the men's side, being a player myself, but is there a lot being done in, in terms of the women's side? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Sure, the GA and WGP are amalgamated now, so if you need anything, you just go to them, um, especially with mental health. They're phenomenal because um, you'd always get an email to see, checking in, see how you are, and just... They're top notch, yeah. What about the club scene? Because th- this is something I want to highlight. I'm well aware of what goes on in inter county scene and mm. the, the resources are there, but do you feel as if nearly every club should have a player welfare officer? And I know some clubs do, and that's more to do with insurance and claims and stuff like that, but maybe even a, a welfare officer for like the Southeast is in the recover Waterford, um, for mental health. And because look, the last two years have been horrible for everyone. and you know, everyone is dealing with their own personal life as well as COVID and work, money issues, you know, health, stuff like that. Do you think there should be, not should be more done in the club, but better resources available? Yeah, that's it. I think um, at club level, where, like, I know it does sad, like, if you could go to anyone in the club and they'd get up and do it for you. And, like, Joey Carton, Conor O'Toole, Don Milan and... Derek Healy, like we had them this year, and to just do everything for you, trying to be prepared and get everything right. And if you like, if you need anything, and just you'd get it done. Like I met Joey for a coffee before the county semi final, and just he was kind of just setting me straight, like just keep focus and just keep going. That everything will be all right with my back, and just and I just kind of believed him, and I took it all in, and thankfully we got to the county final in the end. It must, it must be great, obviously, like Joe, Joey and both John, given their profiles. Like, it must be great to, for them to be instilling confidence in you. It must give you a massive boost. Oh, yeah. I know Joey since I'm about. <laughs> been going back a long way. Um, no, Joey. Joey's a good gem. And so is John. But, yeah, no. 
Joey's done a lot for me and so have like with Beth as well we grew up together so I've been more in Joey's house than I have my own <laughs> uh, yes. have but no a, yeah no have you made a lot of friendships within within Camogie sport in general oh absolutely like I just have made loads of friends and most of them are my close friends um but yeah no they're friends for life what what does the future hold for Brianna? Is it an all Ireland final? Is is it a county, you know, county championship with De La Salle, a club all Ireland? Maybe what what's in the pipeline? What what are the dreams? Those three that you said there. Oh, all um, in that order next year, please. Ah, uh, imagine. Um, yeah, no, I'd love to get um county county final with county title with De La Salle, and one with Watford. And, I'd love um, Club All-Ireland as well, so there's a tree. <laughs> You're not asking for much, are you? No, I'll ask County, County title with us, Al. <laughs> That's always, all I want. Yeah, it always comes back to club. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to win one in my time with, with my own club, and they're just they're unbelievable, the, the lead-up to it and securing it and, I suppose, the party and the shenanigans that go on after. And you just, you never forget it. There's, you know, like, and sometimes... I heard Peter Creedy said last episode, and it only kind of resonates now, I suppose. That sometimes, say if you, you're winning over and over, not over and over, but you win a couple of times. Sometimes it's about the, the quarterfinal or the semifinal where maybe you aren't playing your best and you pull it out of the hatch, you get a last minute goal that you get more euphoria. So as the same, Brianna, like, have you ever been in a situation where you've got nearly more of a euphoric win where you're maybe down by a pint and you get a goal in the last minute, like a quarterfinal or semifinal? Yeah, um, years ago in Del Sal when we got to the first um quarter final, um, county final, um, it just kind of we were very young and just kind of we were just coming onto the scene and we weren't expecting when we like kind of weren't half expecting to get over like to get to a county final that was our aim, um, but we went out we played as a team and we kind of. We, that's one of the best games I've ever played I think it was against this more I think everything just came together and just that's when that was probably our county final if you get me mm. rather than like the county final itself of course yeah and it, they are special when everything just comes together there's no yeah. feeling at yeah. the time um, especially mm. with, with your club you know it is very important um, you know, playing inter county and it's such a high level, and it's a privilege to play inter county. Not a lot of players get to do it, but there's just something special about your club, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Sure, you'll fin you'll start and finish with your club. It like it's always going to be there, and it's just the special bond that you have within your club and within the whole community is just it's phenomenal. And would there be would there be a massive you know um I suppose is there a lot of uh, behind the scenes work that goes on in Delisal like would you have characters that people wouldn't maybe know that you know do a lot for the club oh, <laughs> I'm sure there's one in, there's a few in every club but yeah no we'd have a right few up in Delisal now to be honest but they do they do a lot yeah it's uh, it's amazing when you think of it I know people say there is money in GEA but look we don't get paid we, we're both aware of that and especially all the volunteer hours that go in that it's such um a community effort that goes in to get the jerseys washed, to get a team out on the pitch, to get them travel there, get water, get a meal after. There's so much work that gets in, that is involved in getting a team out on the pitch. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think kind of the men's side up in Della Salle are kind of, they're just phenomenal. They backed Camogie the whole time and just like if we need the pitch, they'll give it to us or anything like that. We're kind of just, we're we're a club, if you get me. We're not like divided, um, which is great because like you see in some clubs that, that that's not the case. But like with Della Salle, it's kind of, we're just, we're a unit as such. They're, they're just phenomenal up there. Yeah. It's the way it should be in fairness, you know. It's yeah. Yeah. If there's, if there's two club, if there's two teams, sorry, within a club, you know, like ourselves, it's a bit of a different. We've got here, so it's Ballygunner and Passage in the men's side. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think anytime soon that all three clubs are going to be like that in one. Day, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so either. No, no. Um, look, uh, so far, you know, I personally, I never met you before. We done this interview today, and just speaking to you know your credit to your club and your family and your grandparents and. Obviously, you've dealt with a lot, and you're still very young. I know you said you're getting on in years, but you're not. You're you're still very young, and you've said like you know, hopefully you'll win a county title with De La Salle and go on respectively with Waterford and win all Ireland. And I really hope you do. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I've really enjoyed it. Um, hopefully, like I said, we'll try to get as many people as possible this year out to the games because they're brilliant games to watch. I've been at a lot of them over the last couple of um couple of months. I even went to Galtier's Munster final. I went um, to their semi-final. You know, the, the brilliant games to watch. And the more and more people to get out, the better for the sport. And would you have had to say to people that are listening now that probably have never been to a Camogie game, like what would you say to them in order to, not to persuade them, but, you know, from a player's point of view? <laughs> You're putting me on the spot here now. Um, no, I'd say just kind of, you don't know until you go. Um, you kind of just the skill and the physique of players now, um, nowadays, it's just different from years ago. Um, but yeah, no, I'd recommend going out to watch a game. It's probably not persuasive enough, but <laughs> no, I'd say I, just... I think I think if anyone's listening to this interview and after listening to you for the last, you know, uh, 30, 40 minutes, I think you're straight to the point and that's something I've got from you just from chatting to you. You know, you get straight to the point and that's it. So if someone's listed the last 30 minutes and you say, go watch it, I think they'll take it just to go watch it at, <laughs> at face value. Well, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I said your credit to your family, your club, given everything you've gone through over the last couple of years, you still have a positive outlook on life. And, you know, you've got a wise head on, on young shoulders and I wish you all the best for the future. Thanks, Mill Seamus. Wherever you're listening, whether it be Ballyduff or Ballygunner, Passage or Port Law, Dungarvan or Dunhill, tune in to I Love My Club by the podcast that brings you closer to Camogie and Hurling in the Waterford club scene. Don't forget, Hurling is our passion.